0: this is 21. This is episode, uh, 21. Do you enjoy talking about money? I do. Do you think people enjoy hearing, uh, giving message at church?
1: I think it makes people feel uncomfortable.
0: Hmm.
1: I'm I'm more of a confrontational type. I don't mind the topics <laughs> that, that people don't like that, getting into. So. Yeah. You
0: got a, you, you do got a, uh, kind of weird, like, uh, for the uncomfortable I do too, but it's more so just doing weird things to purposely, um, make people feel uncomfortable. It's not confrontation. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like actual conversations yeah. where I'm like, you know, I need to confront this and deal with this. It's like, no, that's, that's, um, say something really weird and, and see how they respond see or hide in a kitchen cabinet and jump out and scare someone. i mm-hmm. just,
1: you do that a lot.
0: I do do that in the a lot. Office. I've, I've got jump the whole Apple you. Valley staff and the whole Farmington staff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One more campus to go.
0: Yep. I, I once dressed up speaking about uncomfortable. Uh, pastor McKenzie was cleaning out the closet <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I used, <laughs> I used one of the dresses, uh, from the attic. Cause I was trying to wipe down a uh, TV that we had because we used it outside and it happened to rain. Um, and so, yeah. And so I used the, the, the dress not only to wipe down the TV, but I decided, you know, how great of a prank would it be if I dressed up like a lady mm-hmm. and I found a wig, nice mm-hmm. black long wig. And uh, I had our admin Bianca, Um, convince people that there was some lady that was hysterically running through the hallways, (laughs) meaning like pastoral guidance. And, uh, and so we got, uh, we got Mitch Anderson, our facility guy uh, and, and pastor Anthony, the youth uh, pastor out in the hallways trying to search for this woman Mm -hmm. that's, you know, beside herself. And so uh, I, I stood in the hallway and I was facing opposite them Uh, looking away so they couldn't see my face and I was hiding my arms to cover my tattoos and just like in fetal position and I can hear them walking up on me and they're like, ma'am, ma'am and I'm just sniffling and (laughs) got like a lower, got like a cry going and then as they got close to me I I whipped around, I was like, "Ah!" (laughs) <laughs> it was really creepy if i have the video i can play it for you but hopefully yeah. like the people listening you want to be able to see it i guess you'll just have to watch online but i'm gonna to try to find the video and Beach, like stumbled his way into the he next looked, room he and sh- all
1: the hair on his arm was like standing up he yeah. was he,
0: he was, was so afraid it was, was amazing shot. that's the type of things i like to do but you like to talk about money
1: Yeah, I I like to talk about the, they're big topics, like big topics, but still controversial topics. And those, those are the ones that I like to have a discussion about.
0: I don't have a a title for this message. I mean, this, this podcast, but you're the one who's the expert. I'm just interviewing, um, basically today. Um, so what do you think we should call it today? It's episode 21.
1: Oh, put me on the spot. Hmm. I don't know, finances, tithe. What do you what are you gonna do with your money? (laughs) We'll come up with that later. (laughs) We got some we got some work to do on the title. (laughs) And then it'll cut, it'll go. Turn this down and just like blast in my face.
0: Okay. So yes, we're talking about uh, money today. Um, there's a story of I was in, it was my first year of college. Um, and it was my first experience dealing with my own finances. Uh, I lived in a town home. Um, and I, I paid for my own groceries. I, I had, uh, now account for myself and I couldn't have mama's cooking anymore. Adulting Ad- 101. Hashtag adulting. Everybody's, every time someone gets a house, hashtag adulting, that's how I felt. And, uh, so it, it, it was not a fun time. I remember where I just had ended our basketball season. And so I didn't have a job then. And then my work study was finished. So I wasn't getting any money from that. Um, and I just had picked up this new job at this sports store, like sports equipment store. And, uh, I, I remember the, the Sunday before I went in to do orientation for this new job, I remember like, um, I had a specific amount of money that I was going to pay, uh, for, you know, groceries, bills, and like my cell phone. And, um, I remember, uh, being in church and for whatever reason, when the, like the bucket went around for like tithes and offering, uh, for whatever reason, like God told me whatever's in your wallet, throw it in there. And I'm thinking like, I really don't want to do that. I know what, (laughs) Where that money is going to go, and it and it can't be for that because otherwise your boy ain't gonna be able to pay bills, <clears throat> like won't be able to get groceries. I remember thinking it was either my grocery money or my my phone like money. It's donut money. It could have been donut money. Yeah. It's good, yeah. If you go to the Farmington campus, we got the best donuts mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Uh, I, so I remember thinking it, it. It. The bucket had already passed by in my row. And that feeling in my stomach knew that. I'm like, I know God's telling me to do it, but I my brain is telling me this is not smart. And I eventually, I was eating at me, and I'm like, I have to do this. And I, I got out of my chair, and I went, and I put money in the bin. And I remember thinking, like, okay, God, like, if you don't show up, I'm going to look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of had forgot about it after that. Obviously, my pocket hurt a little bit, but uh, I went into my job the next day. And this was supposed to just be an orientation. And I remember the, the hours that I was picking up uh, that I thought was gonna be a good position and would be able to pay my bills. It was only like a very, very small, ended up being a part-time job where I was getting like no hours. And I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. I now have no money in my wallet and bills are coming up and this job ain't gonna even make make the cut for rent. And uh, <laughs> and so then I, I found out Um, that day as well, they, their manager had just called in, uh, the assistant manager and wasn't going to be able to work the next, I think two or three weeks. And so I was able to pick up all of his hours. I remember walking out and thinking like, Oh, I I didn't think anything of it initially. And then I walked out and I'm like, like, that was like, that was definitely God. God was taking care of me there, but that still didn't fix the issue of, I had to pay rent. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was coming up. And I remember uh, this was like a week later, something like that. Uh, And I remember thinking like I was procrastinating going because I would go and drop off my check personally uh, to this realty company that we were were renting this townhouse from. And I remember my roommate had already gone and I'm dragging my feet to get there. And I'm like, I don't, I feel like a little kid. Like I don't want to go and tell him I can't afford it. Uh, my parents went, weren't, it was not a great time for them either. And so I had no help. And I'm like, oh, like this is going to be so embarrassing. And I'm like, I don't, I'm thinking I'm going to go to prison or something. <laughs> it's my first year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm, I remember sitting there on my bed and I'm looking at like the, the, the ceiling and I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm like the pit in my stomach was terrible. And then I get a text from my mom and she said, have you been praying? And I Mm -hmm. thought she was keeping tabs on me. Like, are you just being a pagan out there in college? And I'm like, yes, (laughs) I've been praying. And, uh, she, and she sends me a picture, uh, for whatever reason, I had a check in the mail, uh, from my school, uh, wasn't from work study, wasn't from like books that I had returned. Wasn't, it was just this random check and it paid, uh, for my, um, My rent, it paid for my groceries and my phone bill, and I had some left over. Dang. I was, that was the first time I ever encountered the providence of God. Like, yeah, He actually is who He says He is. And when He says, Test me in this, Mm -hmm. I wasn't even trying to test Him, I was just being obedient to what He was telling me, not understanding that He really does uh, pay for what He orders. And it really changed my perspective, not just in finances, but trusting him with the rest of my life. Yeah. But Yeah,
1: yeah that's what would you, that's good. Um yeah, it, it makes me think of, you know, when when, you know, the the average American think about all the different things that we invest in in terms of insurance. Like we get home insurance, we get life insurance, we got health insurance, car insurance, phone insurance. Like we like we we want every single kind of insurance in case something were to go wrong. Yeah. You know, but really the the best insurance that you can have is being a consistent tither. Like, hmm. like you're, you're you're putting That's your good. trust in God. And even if all of those other things go wrong, even if all of the worst case scenarios happen, you're like what what is your trust in? Yeah. We, we put our trust in so many other things, especially when it comes to our finances, instead of actually trusting God and what his word says.
0: That's interesting. And I think people have an issue uh, with money as being a Christian, mm-hmm. that there needs to be, there's something holy about one, self-deprecating and living, uh on like you know everybody thinks that a preacher should just be living homeless at the side of the road or like they can't have anything nice right they yep. need to live like a monk yeah um what do you what do you what would you have to say uh for someone who thinks that you know a pastor should be impoverished uh and should never talk about prosperity mm-hmm. because that's not of god what would you have to say that for you know poverty or Or prosperity gospel, what would be your take on that?
1: Yeah. So those those are the kind of the two mindsets, you know, so the, the prosperity gospel, which is not biblical says that basically you give so that you can get, you know, that God is going to, if you give, then he's going to financially bless you. And so the more you give, the more money you're going to get back. And it completely misses the the heart of, Hmm. of what it is. Um, But then there's also the opposite, which is like this scarcity mindset and and some people believe that because they don't have any money that somehow they're more righteous you know or or they're like they're more holy and and a lot of those people it's like no no you're just bad with money like you're just a bad steward you know like you you just you've been wasting your money on like all these different things and and you look at the bible some of the most Righteous people in the Bible were extremely wealthy. Interesting. Job, yeah. you know, richest man in the East. Abraham, you know, he was super rich. King Solomon. The, these characters in the Bible that, that are held up and esteemed as some of the most righteous, they were also extreme, extremely wealthy. Interesting. And so it's, you know, you really have to get to the heart of God, but we it's, it's dangerous when all of a sudden we start um, kind of labeling like one group of people as either right or wrong, you know, and getting hmm. into that um Hmm. have you noticed how many people like to rail on like millionaires and billionaires in the u.s um so i I got some interesting stats here for you um so it's I, i read this book everyday millionaires really good largest largest study ever done of millionaires so there there are over 11 million millionaires in the united states and we, we have this tendency to think that, you know, if you're a millionaire, like you just inherited it, like, you know, you grew up in wealth, you, you know, you got wealth um, that way. And it, there's a study and it said that 74 percent of millennials believe that that millionaires inherited all their wealth. Hmm. The truth of it is 79 percent of millionaires received zero money as an inheritance. That's really interesting. So 79% of millionaires, they are first generation millionaires. They went out, they worked hard, you know. Well, an interesting thing that the the book shows that a lot of them gave, a lot of them tied, they understood this this principle, um this life, you know, giving principle. Um, but yeah, and, and millionaires in the general population, they actually received the, the same percentage of inheritance. So 21% of millionaires received an inheritance. Hmm. 21% of the general population also received an inheritance. Hmm. But there's obviously a discrepancy there between, um, you know, who has, who has more money and more wealth. But yeah, yeah, we have this tendency to like point the finger at, at the people who have the money and you know we're like well you should give more how dare you be that rich like that's actually wrong to be that rich and well, where does that line of thinking stop
0: cuz if you think about mm-hmm. it as a kid in Haiti looking at you coming and taking pictures on your mission trip of them like how i knew yeah. and you walk away and you just realize oh god i'm so blessed right mm-hmm. and that's all i gained from it what is the kid in Haiti what was the mindset of of them looking at you yeah. having a car having a house Having a job that pays a whole lot, uh, and having all these things, uh, and you're, and then you are doing the same thing for someone who has, like, what? Where does it? Where does it stop? Are we supposed to uh, live with? you know, terrible water filtration and like living in like the Mm -hmm. mud and the dirt? Uh, Are we you know, is it a sin to have a nice car? Is it a sin to live in a nice house? Mm -hmm. Is it a where and then where does that line of thinking stop? Because if you're going to be intellectually honest and Mm -hmm. carry that logic everywhere else, what makes you any better Mm -hmm. uh, than the person that you judge? It's an interesting thing.
1: It is. You're you're ready for a perspective check? Yeah, let's do it. Um, So this this missionary was talking um, to this guy in another country and he was trying to describe what a garage is and 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 the person was like this this person was just like he couldn't understand and he he stopped the missionary and he was like so so you build houses for your cars wow and like the the way like the way he just worded that and all of a sudden it's like Oh, like, yeah, we do. We build houses wow. for our cars. That's and crazy. so like you were saying, it's like, it's completely a perspective thing. I just got back from a, a nine day trip to Peru. Yeah, um, We were in Iquitos, Peru, extremely poor area. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, it was so hard to see the amount of people that were living in like just these degrading conditions, you know. And so if you compare the lifestyle that you and I have, mm-hmm. and we're not considered uh, rich, wealthy, or higher earners <laughs> in the United States, but if you compare how we live and even the standard of living that we have to to people elsewhere in many many other countries, yeah, like we're we're kings, we're gods yeah. when it comes to like for real wealth, you know. So perspective is is everything.
0: Yeah, I think that judgmental, like I always hear all the time. Like, Like we look at, and teaching left out of it, I think we judge preachers by what they have, not what they say a lot of times. So I see Mm -hmm. a lot of judgment uh, with like Jesse Duplantis. I see a lot of judgment uh, with Kenneth Copeland. I see a lot of judgment Mm -hmm. with Joel Olstein, I see a lot of judgment with Stephen Furtick. Furtick. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times if you were to ask them, why are they false teachers, uh, they couldn't really have anything to stand on. Mm-hmm. And their judgment isn't coming from the words that they speak, but the life that they live and the things that they own. Yeah. Um, and for whatever, like our obsession as Americans and mm-hmm. judging that, like yeah. where what right do we have and where does that come from? And if God were here, what would he have to say about that? So like, what would you have to say for that, that, uh, that judgmental, like, attitude and you know how does that apply to the person you know taking a look within rather than looking out and looking at uh other people
1: yeah you know it's, it's this whole idea of of really it comes down to stewardship so this verse luke sixteen ten: whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much and mm-hmm. whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much it's good and you know it, it kind of brings up the the question that we almost need to ask like if we don't have enough you know in in our idea mm-hmm. um maybe god doesn't want you to have more cuz he can't trust you with more like may, like maybe god's holding you holding out on you for a reason yeah. because he's like why why would i give you more like you can't handle what i've already given yeah. you like prove yourself a steward prove yourself faithful prove yourself that you can be responsible with what i've already given you and then i'm going to increase what yeah. i've given you but the, but the reverse is also true like if you can't prove Like, God is someone who wants Mm -hmm. an ROI. Like, he wants a return Mm -hmm. on investment. Mm -hmm. And so if, you know, if I'm terrible with money, like, God's not going to keep you know, bringing in money to me, he's going to give it to someone else who can yeah, actually steward well those resources.
0: Yeah. I think, um, you know, too, this is what God has really taught me and me growing in my relationship with him and perspective changing and a lot really had to tie with money. My, the biggest growth periods of my life, I can attribute to when I've been obedient with my finances mm-hmm. because I've had to trust him. Like finances aren't just, I worship the dollar bill it's really freedom. Like when I look at what in my mind, it's like, okay, uh, it's, it's my house. It's my, it's money's tied to my car. It's tied to my Mm -hmm. phone bill. It's tied to where I go to eat. It's tied to the recreational activities I do, whether that be vacation or going to a movie, the more I have, the more I can do. And the more I can, I can get. And, um, what I've seen with like stewardship, with what you were saying, um, I, you know, I look at it now, and the things where I'm not seeing growth that I'm putting a lot of effort and work to not just finances. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, but even in like my career and my ministry and things that, um, you know, am I, am I even, God showed me like your work, like Alex, I know that you're praying. I know that you're Mm -hmm. working really hard, but are you even prepared for that? If it does come, Mm -hmm. what would you do with it? I think a lot of people were like, they would love to judge the actions of others, But if they were put like heavy as the crown, as like the saying goes, if you were put in that position, what would you do different? Uh, Mm -hmm. People don't have an answer, but it's far easier to problem point. And I think that we look at like God, people can misconstrue this if they don't have a proper relationship with God as a Mm -hmm. father and say, well, he's keeping this from me Mm -hmm. because he's punishing me. But actually he's a loving father that loves you enough that he's not going to elevate the blessing in your life yeah. if it removes him from the throne. I've heard it said. Why would he compete uh, with the th- with the th- with the thing that you put on the throne of your heart? Mm-hmm. Why would he bless what's competing for the throne of your heart? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so God is almost he's he's generous in keeping you from that. Yep. Yeah. And because if that that it's I think a lot of benefit. times exactly would yeah. take the the tunnel vision off him and put it onto things yep. instead of understanding that he's your portion and he's your reward. Yeah. Which in America that's really easy to get shifted
1: uh, shifted views. One of my one of my favorite quotes is that, I never want my opportunity to bring me further than my character should allow. Wow. Yeah. That's like we, good. We we always want like the platform first. We want Mm -hmm. the crowd first. We want Mm -hmm. the money first, you know, and, and as I've gotten older, my, my prayers kind of changed where I've seen these, you know, amazing pastors, amazing men and women of God, you know, business people, whatever it might be. And they've got these like huge ups, you know, and it's super, you know, like exciting to like see that happen. And it's like, wow, like, you know, look what's happening. And then, you know, with this huge rise comes just this even steeper fall. Wow. You know, and you see it happen and I've seen this happen again and again. And I'm like, God, God, I don't want that. You know, like I, I don't want, you know, my opportunity to, to get further along Mm -hmm. than my character can like, support. Like I I need to build up that foundation. So like you said, whatever God gives me, it will actually be a blessing and not a curse Wow! because too much money, especially (laughs) it can have been a curse. And then it, you know, that, that love of money, Mm -hmm. you know, love of money is the root of, all evil, not money, the love of money, True, but that, that can just pull you away from God. And that's why Jesus talked about money more than anything else in the Bible, besides the kingdom of God. Like he, he didn't talk more about love. He didn't talk more about forgiveness. He didn't talk more about Church, community, besides the kingdom of God, he talked about finances and money more than anything else because he knew that it was this this two-edged sword. It was this dangerous thing that if we didn't have the proper mindset and the proper heart regarding it, it was going to be something that was going to pull us away from a proper relationship with God.
0: And so that leads into the next issue that we will talk about is the tithe. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people yep. say that this is an optional thing. It's something that... Um, isn't required and it's old. And, and, and a lot of people would argue, happen to be not pastors. You can tell that they're, they're on a deconstruction journey where they just throw out everything and they think it's all manipulative. Yeah. They would say that where in the Bible can you prove that this tithing principle is actually? Uh, still relevant for today. And if I were to mm-hmm. ask you that as someone who's genuinely wondering, uh, you know, is the church just trying to steal my money, what would be your response to that and showing like biblically, where do we see that?
1: Yep. Yeah. The, the Bible, the, you know, the biblical, you know, model shows so much about it throughout the Bible. It's not mm-hmm. just this, you know, old Testament law. Mm-hmm. We saw it before the law. We saw it during the law and then Jesus actually affirmed it in the New Testament yep. you know even so when you get to the New Testament so there there's tons of different examples of it um, one of the first ones, you know, we get to Genesis chapter 14, Abraham and Melchizedek. So he was a king and he was also a high priest, which was pretty common to, to have both of those roles outside of kind of the Israelite circle. Yep. And, uh, and Abraham basically ties to him as being the high priest of God. Uh, we get to Genesis 28 and Jacob says, of all that you give me, surely I'll give a tenth to you. <laughs> We get to Leviticus chapter 27. Now we see it laid out in the Mosaic Law. We mm-hmm. get to Proverbs: give honor to the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your increase, mm-hmm. so your storehouses will be full of grain. Mm-hmm. Malachi 3:8 through 10. This is a really common one that you know we hear. It says, Will a man rob God? Yes, you're robbing me. But you say, How have we robbed you? He said, In tithes and offerings, you're cursed with a curse, for you're robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, the only time we're supposed to test God, only time in the Bible. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows.
0: Robbing God. Yeah. So, not an optional thing, but then actually an offense to. Towards God, mm-hmm. you're robbing God. What powerful language for those who think that it's not relevant. Yeah, like that's that's not that's not yeah. Pastor Zach just reading that. Yeah, this is this out is of like opinion. opinion. This is you want to know what the word says about it. That's okay. what the word has to has to say about it. it. It's really interesting how I think we we really delve into too much YouTube preachers, and I realize mm-hmm. that. I'm kind of like that. We're kind of like that right now, (laughs) but I'm saying like the, the people that you can, you can just tell are just either bitter or they've been hurt and they're speaking Mm -hmm. out of it. And then we just begin to regurgitate information that we've heard, but we no longer pick up, uh, the word of God anymore. Now, this is what I constantly am going to bring up because experience the truth. This podcast is supposed to be for that. Our job is not to be the talking head for you just to listen to, but it's actually to challenge the line of thinking of man's opinion and actually exchanging it for God's word and truth that we can stand on solid ground. Uh, and tithing is a big part, mm-hmm. not just, you know, it, we are going to talk about obedience, not sacrifice
1: yeah. the difference, uh, right
0: after this, but yeah. and, and um, Jesus affirms tithing. Yeah. Too. Yeah.
1: You know, so, so an interesting, the, you know, the Pharisees and Jesus, they're constantly going, mm-hmm. going at each other. And in Matthew, it's Jesus said, a curse is on you. Scribes and Pharisees, yeah. false ones for you make men give a 10th of all sorts of sweet smelling plants, but you give no thought to the more important things of the law, righteousness and mercy and faith. But it is right for you to do these mm-hmm. and let and not to let the others be undone. So this would have been the perfect hmm. time, the perfect example for Jesus to dismantle yep. the, the principle of tithe and be like, hey, that was an Old Testament thing. That was a God the Father thing. Yeah. You know, the Son of God's here. We don't need to do that anymore. No. And instead, Jesus upheld it. He said, yeah. hey, you know how you're so careful to, to tithe all these other things. He's saying you're, you're missing the heart of it. But he's saying, don't don't stop doing those things. Do those things also. So he, so he upholds this principle. And so it's mm-hmm. something that Jesus affirms too. So we literally, we see it before the law. We see it during the law. We see it after the law. It's throughout the Bible. And in the,
0: in the same thing, what he's confronting in the scripture is the same thing that in Galatians 3, Paul talks about where it says "Oh, you foolish Galatians who has bewitched you because they thought they could gain salvation by tradition and works. He wasn't saying that what they were doing was wrong. He was saying the Mm -hmm. thought of of reaching salvation by an act or deed actually puts you under Mm -hmm. a curse because you have to uphold all of them. What Jesus was saying, just like... Uh, how these guys were probably loving the tithe because it benefited them and elevated them, but they gave no thought to the rest of the law. We do the same when we elevate other sins and other laws and use that as a way of thinking we somehow earn salvation. Now this is what Jesus is is talking about here, which is interesting. Like I didn't look at it like that, but it is interesting because mm-hmm. we do the same yeah. thing when we judge and we blame other people. But a lot of us aren't even doing the tithes, but we think that going to church or, or, you know, keeping the Sabbath, they're doing these other laws, keep us from salvation, but mm-hmm. we don't even tithe.
1: Yep.
0: It's really interesting. Um, what is the open hand versus closed hand illustration that you were telling me about? Like, what
1: is that? Yeah. So, you know, so when it comes to tithe, um, so so an interesting fact, you know, I, I counsel a lot of people um, because of my job as a pastor, <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of it is uh, financial counseling as well. You know, people come in and, and they're just, I have, Never had to financially counsel someone who's a regular tither, hmm. and, and think about how how backwards that that is. You would, wow. you would think that if you're, you're losing money, you're losing money. You're yeah. losing ten percent. So You would think that all of the people that I'd be meeting with and financially counseling, you'd think that they'd be the tithers. It's the exact opposite. Um, but but this open hand versus closed hand, you know, type illustration or mindset is really um, how we view God as the source, or whether we view like the economy and the president or an employer and our you know American dollars as as the source. Um but the way that God wants, you know, and with our finances, like God, God's, you know, if you here's your finance, you're gonna hold on to it. Yeah. Like God's not gonna pry open your fingers and and like pull out whatever money you have. Yeah. Like God wants you to give from a joyful heart. So yeah. he he wants you to give in that way. Yeah. However, if you have your money, this is what you got. Like God's not going to take it from you, but God can't give you more. Mm -hmm. Like your hands closed. Yeah. And so when your hands open, yeah, like now you can freely give and God can, can take and reuse those resources and those finances, but God can also give you more, you know? And so really that's the way that we're supposed to operate with our, with our finances and especially our, our material goods, because we are so materialistic. We are so materially blessed in the United States, but it's supposed to be like, we're, we're supposed to be like this pass through, You know where God is giving us stuff, and we're passing it along to other people, and they're being blessed through it. But all the stuff is passing through us, so we're getting blessed at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's really this this open hand type mindset. But so many people are so afraid that if they open their hand, God's gonna take everything, (laughs) God's gonna rob them, and God's gonna run. Yeah. Like got money has no value to God. Yeah. Like, wh- why do you have this idea and you even kind of talked about it a few minutes ago. Th- this misconception about God that he somehow wants to rob you, that he wants you to have this like life where you have no blessing, yeah. you know, no, and and so if you open your hand, he's going to take everything that you have. He's going to mm-hmm. run. Which know?
0: what voice do you think that is? Because you know, there's a there's a thief in this world that wants to rob steal kill destroy and then what jesus came to do yep. was to give life and not yep. just to give life and just be like transactional mm-hmm. only that but to give abundant life abundant and life way. to the fu- like so you can live yep. life to the fullest uh, god is never like anywhere in the bible where you've seen the miracles of god uh, or even if you've tested them in these mm-hmm. area of finances include i'm speaking for myself as well it's never meeting me right at my needs it's for yeah. some reason god always just a it's like a you know a god wink i like to call it like where he just gives you more yep. like it's always more yep. god operates uh in abundance and our little puny like uh like dollar bill that we hold so much value towards what mm-hmm. do you think that has uh what what value do you think that has to a god who yeah. walks on streets of gold where yeah. we're gonna be like if it, if gold is that common, where it's streets of gold and there's pearly white gates and the immense riches that God has in his kingdom and throne, a dollar bill that has an mm-hmm. old white guy on it, what do you think that has to offer? He's not yeah. some broke uncle at the family reunion uh, asking for a $5 bill so he can go get some smokes. like Yeah. I mean, that'd be a weird family reunion. <laughs> but that's what I think. Like, man, just someone just watching broke, is like, like, "That's my family. That reunion. is my. That's my family reunion." God is not that. He has abundance and and has given you life, even the life and breath that you take. That's mm-hmm. His. Like <laughs> he doesn't care about your pocket, but, but, but he, what he does want is your heart. Yeah. Um, so what does the tithe go to when people are giving the tithe, when Jesus talked about it and, and where it, it's discussed in scripture, where does the the tithe even go to.
1: Mm-hmm. So that, that always kind of makes me makes me laugh a little bit because people are like, you know, all church wants is, is my money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and the question, I had, well, what is that money? That's a great question. What does the money go towards? Like, yeah. what does it do? Um, well, well, first of all, it's, it, you know, it, the money goes to, for the function of the church, mm-hmm. um, but also this idea of what the church is. Jesus refers to the church as his bride, like the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. So if you were to like where your money is there, your heart will be also. Yeah. Like if you were to invest money in some place, wouldn't you want to invest it in something that Jesus refers to like, as his bride, like something that's so, so important. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for Bethel's rock, we're a very missions driven church. Like yeah. we, we want to not just, you know, have community and our churches, you know, Locate the different locations that we have here, you know, and reach our immediate communities. Mm -hmm. We also want to spread the gospel like worldwide. Like we want to bring it everywhere. We gave almost twenty percent of our overall budget (laughs) towards missions last year. So, so every dollar that we bring in right away. You know, we take 10 cents of that dollar and we mm-hmm. give that to missions. Yeah. Then, then we go above and beyond, too, with all sorts of different uh, different missions projects and, you know, missions trips. And, and all. so about 20% of our budget goes towards missions just right wow. off the bat. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. I, I will just say it's one thing that I love about Bethel's Rockets. I've never known a church to give even close to that amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, what is it that we're trying to do as yeah. a church, yeah. you know? and, and if you look at what the church does you know it's where preaching happens it's where worship happens it's where people are ministered to it's where teams are sent out it's where people come and get trained and then they take that training and and they bring the gospel to all the different corners of the earth like like we're we're a training ground we're a training center isn't that something that you would want like your money to be invested into wouldn't you want to like sow where you grow
0: Mm -hmm. i love how you what you wrote it said uh Let's just say that we aren't required, compelled, or commanded to die. If you had to lean one way or the other, Mm -hmm. would you lean towards taking care of Jesus's bride? How he refers to the church, like, how much do you love your wife? Mm -hmm. Or neglecting it. That's such an interesting thought. Like, even where, like, you know... Like, even if this is not a biblical command or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. if Jesus refers to it as his wife, wouldn't you want to take care of it? I recently, I'm in the market for getting a fish it uh, <laughs> sounds like this has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. We, we just went
1: way, <laughs> way. Yeah.
0: But as I went there, um, you know, there are tons of fish tanks. This like, is what he does in his free time. This is, I do. I have, I'm a weird person. I, I have a lot of weird, I have a lot of like party, like trick type facts about me that are just random. It's kind of like my brain. Um, and I went to this fish store called wet world. Um, <laughs> And, and I'm like, I show up and I had done previous, a little bit of research, but I really only had fish growing up and I don't know much like of anything. Um, and I'm telling him, I'm like, bro, can you just like, like, what's your favorite fish? <laughs> I show up and I'm like, what's your favorite fish? Saltwater, water And so no one's in the store. So he's just kind of walking me through, giving me the, uh, the rundown, and uh, and then I'm looking at like the prices of the tanks. You have to buy a tank. If you're getting a saltwater fish, you got to test the pH level. You got to get a filtration system. You gotta if you want to get like an ecosystem built in there, you have to buy plants, and some plants are like five hundred dollars. And uh, and then you have to buy food. And you and if you want to be cool about it, you can get an automatic feeder. Then when you got an automatic feeder, then you need to get a light, and a light costs X amount of money. This is like something uh, for me that I can relate to because it's with videography and my my. Side side business that I do. It's just an investment you need to make because one, it's a hobby of mine, but it also brings in funds for me. So it's, you know, if I, if I want to be successful, I need to invest the appropriate Mm -hmm. amount of money. I can't neglect it. Otherwise my, my work will show Mm -hmm. based on the equipment and gear that I have. And I know it's not all about gear, but it's a similar thing that I can relate to because I will I don't blink at some prices that are very high that some people might be like there's no way I can afford that I can't necessarily either, but it's something that I don't blink at because it's just the name of the game yeah. when you're involved in that that area. And, and same thing with the fish fish tank thing. I'm like, I remember thinking and telling him, I'm like, bro, this is something that I feel like I totally can get into. Maybe not right now, buying down the wazoo of everything, but I can see how lost you can get in this if you're passionate, you know, about, about like taking care of fish. Yeah, if you're passionate about the the bride of christ for where your treasure is there your heart will also be mm-hmm. matthew 6 21 how many how many people love jesus's bride the way he does how many people and i think that our finances and our time uh would show and attest to that love that we have just like me with with videography and maybe fish one mm-hmm. day
1: and I think there's a clarification that's important too when it comes to tithe. Um, so, so most people don't tithe because of fear. Yeah. You know, they're, they're the fear of not having enough, like that scarcity type mindset. But one of the things that's so sad is that they're, when they don't have that obedience, they're missing out on those opportunities to have their faith built up because they see God through, like come through and provide for them. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. Yeah. And uh, I have this, this story, um, Amy and I were just married. We've been married like one year. And, uh, and God tested us in our obedience. Um, tithing doesn't make you generous.
0: Hmm. It makes you obedient. Say that again.
1: Say that again. It, it really doesn't. Tithe, tithe doesn't make you generous. It hmm. makes you obedient. And so God decided that He was going to test Amy and I. At so this point, good. our first year of marriage, I think we made like twenty five thousand dollars combined. Like we were, we didn't feel poor, but like in terms of <laughs> in terms of like poverty level, like we were there. Perspective. Um, perspective. Yeah. And uh, so, anyways, uh, you know, I, I was a pastor, but that paid almost nothing. It was paid like $300 a month. And so we had all these other side jobs. Like that was the source of our actual income to be able to, to live. And, um, so anyways, we were, we're already kind of giving above and beyond and God's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to test you guys. And so God says, "I, I want you to start giving 20%, not 10%. I want you to start tithing 20%. And we're like, okay. And so, um, so anyways, I was working at a restaurant and I was a bus boy And, uh, you know, so right after we started tithing 20%, the next week, my manager, he calls me in he goes, why haven't you been picking up your tips? I was like, what tips? I don't get tips. I'm a bus boy. I'm not a server. He's like, yeah, but the servers tip you out because you're helping them. And so he hands me an envelope of cash and it's like 300 bucks or something. And at that point, like (laughs) that was a crazy amount of money for me. And, uh, so anyways, God came through. I'm praying. God says, I want you to start tithing 25%. I'm like, oh, like, are you serious? <laughs> I've opened the door. <laughs> start tithing 25%. Um, next, after we start tithing that, next week, my manager calls me and he goes, hey, you're really good with people. Um, you're not going to be a busboy anymore. You're going to be a server. So right away, I start making like twice what I was making wow. as a busboy. Wow. Go back, praying. God does it again. I want you to start tithing 30%. I'm like, okay, like <laughs> 10% was one here. thing, 20% was one yeah. thing. Like, you know, now, now we're getting up to, to 30%. And um, you know, so this happen happens, and all of a sudden I, I start making like hundreds of dollars more in tips a week. Wow. Right after we started tithing. Mm-hmm. This happens one more time. God says, I want you to tithe 35%. And mind you, we're making like 25 grand a year or something. I want you to tithe 35%. And so we start tithing 35%. And one of my other jobs, my boss brought me in. He said, hey, I think you should ask for a raise. Like who, who what boss tells you to come in and tells you to ask for a raise? He's like, well, ask for a raise and you're going to get it. And so, wow. and so I got a raise Favor, and maybe. shortly after that, God's like, okay, you can go back and tithe the normal amount, but it was, you know, and, and that, the, the thing is, it didn't make me generous. Wow. Amy and I weren't generous because we were giving 35% because wow. wow. God was the source of a hundred percent. That's so good. So if, if he's asking you to tithe 10% and he's wow. allowing you to keep 90, hmm. be grateful because he, yeah. <laughs> he could be asking you to give 35. Um, but even in that, I was just being obedient and and moving the money and resources where God was telling me to.
0: I think we don't view God. I was just telling my my team this. Like I think we don't we don't have that reverence for God, especially in America, and the awe, holiness, and authoritative mm-hmm. figure in our life. Um I think in yeah. the back of our mind there's a lot of doubt in his sovereignty and his power. Yeah. Um, and it keeps us from just, you know, thinking, let's just talk about love, let's just talk about grace. Uh, But we don't really hold the, you know, you know, some of the teachings that he says or the commands because we just love to write it off as Old Testament because Mm -hmm. it keeps us uh, from inaction. And I think as Americans, we do struggle with authority um, because we have so much freedom, which is a gift and a beautiful thing. Uh, but you know, as a result, I think a lot of us have like an authority problem. Like we have daddy issues, heavenly daddy issues (laughs) where we can't like, you know, who are you to tell me what to do? Like, I'm a free American. This is how I, I live my life. Um, and just like you said, it's so interesting. Like God's asking you at each percent to go up, to go up, to go up. And then he, as you make more money, he allows you to say, mm. Hey, you can pay 10%. You're way yeah. better off than what you were. Yeah. And he just, he literally just set you up, but it was yeah. almost a stewardship trust type thing. Like, oh, I can trust him. I can trust him. Cause yeah. I, like, he's, he's listening to me. Um, like I still have his heart. I still have Mm -hmm. his attention and focus and he's like, okay, I don't really need your, I don't need your money. That's never what it was about. What was it about? It was about your heart and, and, and having your attention. And I think that, you know, people are robbed of blessing because they've, they've believed the lie, uh, that they don't need to be obedient because there's grace for that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of people's finances are cursed because their priorities are out of order and they're robbing yep. God. God isn't looking to steal from you. He wants to bless you, but he's not going to bless what's competing for the throne uh, of your heart. There's a verse in the Bible passage where Jesus is talking about um, where the he's, he's, I feel like he's always battling the Pharisees. Like these Pretty dudes much are, I just see them like I, get, along very well I get really annoyed with know-it-alls and people think that they like, you know, know better than me. Like, it's just, it's just so frustrating. Like, well, technically, like, I feel like the Pharisees were that, mm-hmm. like, I don't know how Jesus didn't snap more in a direct way. He was always clever. Uh, and they were trying to trap him and, 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 taxes to Caesar, the, the person in power in Rome at the time. And what Jesus's response was give to Caesar, what is Caesar's mm-hmm. and give to God, what is God's. The interesting thing that I've heard is that what was the image on that coin? Mm-hmm. Caesar, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God's what is God's. What is God's?
1: Mm-hmm. Everything. Yourself. So, <laughs> if we're
0: made, you know, the interesting is thing is, did you know that you were made in the image of God?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Give to God's what is God's. Yeah. God isn't interested uh, with a cute little coin. That has a white dude on it, some old dead white dude. Mm-hmm. He wants you. Don't don't let the enemy trick you into believing that somehow uh that God is this this broke uncle at the family reunion that is just fiending for funds. Mm-hmm. Jesus God does not want that from you. God wants uh to bless you and he wants your your relationship with him to go to a whole nother level. We all have relationships in our life, mm-hmm. but not all of them have the same trust. Yep. Right there's a different type of intimacy and trust you have with your wife than you do with me. Yep. Hopefully,
1: Well, we do. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean we're <laughs> we're close, uh, but not that close. And I think God is is like you know asking us in this, in almost like an opportunity where He literally says, "Test me." Everybody wants to mm-hmm. see the miracles of God, and they they want to see the writing in the sky, but somewhere where it literally says, "Test me," they won't do it.
1: Yeah, it, so you, interesting. You know, you know, a question I get a lot, um, and it's not. In the grand scheme of things, um, it's not really that big of a deal. But people ask the question: Am I supposed to? Am I supposed to tithe before or after taxes are taken out? And so hmm. it, it's a question that I get. Yeah, it's kind of a, you know one of those, those small things. But what I what I tell them is: Why should I? Why should the government get money before God? Like when when Amy and I when we get our paycheck, like there is no question. Like, we're not going to pay our mortgage first, we're going to give to God first. We're not going to pay taxes first, we're going to give to God first. Like, we're, it, it's a trust issue. Hmm. You know, like we've, over the course of time, and this didn't happen day one, it took us tests, like I shared before, and, and a lot of other times where God has come through on our behalf. Um, but it, it's a trust issue where we realize that God is like the owner of everything, you know, and, yeah, and, and that he so wants good. to provide and take care of us. And so, so now, now it's, it's much easier than it used to be, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but there, there's different tests that come along. This happened, this happened two years ago. Um, We were in prayer and fasting for a week and, uh, and Amy and I, you know, so we're we're approaching 10 years of marriage. We've both worked full time that whole time. We've worked very hard and we've worked very hard on saving too. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been putting away money for retirement. And uh, two years ago during prayer and fasting, it's like, you know, day six into the fast, and, um, and God says, I, I, want you to say, I want you to say that you're willing to give up your entire retirement account if I tell you to tonight. Wow. And, and I kind of like deflected. I was like, God, you, you, know, you know that I would. You know my heart. And he said, I want you to say it. And I was like, well, but, but, you, but you know that I would. And he's like, I want you to say it. And so I said it, and, and I broke down in tears because I realized wow. that, that that account, that retirement account that Amy and I have saved up that actually part of my heart was attached to it. And Mm -hmm. so I physically said the words, God, if you ask me to tonight, I will completely liquidate and give away every cent of the money that we've saved for retirement. And, and so I hadn't even realized, you know, I, I was, you know, being a good steward and saving for retirement, which you should, if you haven't. Um, so there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with doing that, but we just have to be really careful about where our heart is, yeah. you know, and my, my heart had become attached to that. And so God needed Abraham, to test Isaac. me in that.
0: Yeah. Is Abraham Isaac moment. Yeah. A God is what I love. The favorite thing that I've heard, like, and it was a song, it was, you know, that he's a gentle surgeon. That there's a lot of things that hurt, but it doesn't mean it's bad. And going to the doctor's office for me brings some anxiety, but the things that they're like hurting me is is actually helping me. Mm -hmm. Just because it hurts doesn't mean it's bad, or we can attribute like we're not gonna look at the Mm -hmm. doctors. And even though the shot really hurt, like hurt pretty bad, doesn't mean we attribute uh, evil to them. And I think we, because we've associated God with He's just love and He's just fun and playful mm-hmm. and He's weak and and just emotion. You know what I mean? Like we we've we've made so little of Him. Um, and when we experience hurt, He gets all the blame. Um, God is for you; He's not against you. And and even to the point for the people who don't believe in Him, it says the sun still rises on them, the wicked. Mm-hmm. And it was. Uh, his kindness that led to repentance. He's not in the business of fear um, and fire and brimstone. That's the second judgment, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, But God's God's for you. And if anything today that you get, one, I hope you read this book, Mm -hmm. Everyday Millionaires by Chris Hogan. Uh, Where did you get this one? Amazon? Amazon. Amazon. Look up Amazon, get this book. Um, and I would challenge you look in scripture look up verses on tithes uh, go to the word experience truth and then pray because you, you did you know you can actually talk to God we don't have to talk to him for you <laughs> you ask him uh, what he's challenging you to yeah. and and just put him to the test and see what happens uh, I would encourage you to do that for me as a if an 18 year old can do it going into college with like no money, uh, and I would consider you rich. Um, I think you can do the same thing, uh, and, and I'm, I know that I'm faith. I'm, I'm I'm counting on that. My faithful God won't let you down. He's a good father, and if a if a father on earth knows how to give good gifts, how much more will our Father in heaven? Yeah. Uh, we love you guys. This you know concludes episode 21. See, it wasn't that awkward to talk about finances. It's yeah, kind of fun. Yeah. It went it
1: went by pretty quick too.
0: Uh-huh. Threw in a couple of weird stories to keep you guys uh keep your guys' attention.
1: Yeah. And we now know that Alex has a really big thing for fish.
0: Yep. It mm-hmm. was just something that's, I'm just spontaneous and now I'm just really like hooked on it. Yeah, you should see his office. Yep. Oh, I got lights on the ceiling, LEDs, clouds. It's popping in there. I really am the creative pastor here mm-hmm. at Bethel's Rock. I had to really have my office show that so and right now i'm taking i'm fostering goldfish but anyways don't use the word fostering (laughs) well they're not mine i was just taking care of them because i I didn't have the heart to flush them down the toilet
1: don't try to to like
0: equate that to an option or something (laughs) like they're real kids yeah no um i just didn't have the heart to kill them um so anyways you know more about me and uh about god hopefully So we love you guys. Uh, We will see you next week.